Watching my fellow Americans with your host, Spike Cullen. Yes. Yes, it's me. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, please. Oh, please. This isn't about me. This is about you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Keep clapping. Clap for the miracle. How would we know that you wanted the miracle if you didn't keep clapping? Welcome to my fellow Americans. I am literally Spike Cohen. August is over halfway over. I am still processing that it's not still 2021 or 2020 for that matter. Uh, And now we're almost we're well over halfway over with 2021. Uh, I'm certain 2022 is not going to you know be what these other years have been like so far. Thank you so much for joining us. Before I get started, uh, I have to make a little personal tribute. Um, A year ago today, uh, as many of you know, um, I had to put down uh, my best friend. Axel Cohen. I'm gonna. I'm not going to cry because I'm a man and I'm strong. Um, so uh, Axel was in our lives for uh, the better part of 12 years. He was already a full-grown adult, so like he was already, you know, we didn't have the puppy phase. So he's always been like my ride or die. Everywhere I went, he went with me. Um, it was brutal uh, to have to say goodbye to him last year. I can't believe it's been a year. This has been a, a whirlwind of a year. Um, he was, uh, the, the best dog someone could ask for. And, uh, I am, uh, 
I'm glad he's not suffering anymore. And uh, I am going to stop talking about this because I need to do a show and I can't be crying while this poor guy comes on my show to talk about his thing. So uh, thank you, uh, Axel, for your time. And I love you and I miss you. Uh, this is a Muddy Waters Media production. Check us out everywhere. Check us out on all social media platforms, on all podcasting platforms. Uh, be sure to like us, subscribe to us, hit the bell, be commenting right now. We need comments for the algorithm. Ask your questions, by the way, because we're going to be answering uh, questions as we go through the show tonight. And uh, and be sure to share and subscribe and like and follow uh, everything, all the algorithm stuff. We want social media. Big tech needs to know how much you love us all the time. And if you are uh, watching this on YouTube, don't just subscribe. Hit the bell right, right next to it. If you hit the bell, then your phone explodes with notifications every time we go live. That's what we want. Uh, the last thing that we want, uh, and share this, of course, right now, uh, because the last thing we want is for you and your closest loved ones to miss out on a roughly hour-long Libertarian podcast on a Wednesday evening. Give the gift of Spike today. Kids love it. This episode is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing caucus in the Libertarian Party, and the second largest caucus in the, li this is real. Like this is not, I'm not joking. This is the second largest caucus. This started as a joke. You people now, there are like 6,000 members. I Anyway, if you'd like to join this, uh, go to the Facebook group Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus and become a member today. And if you want to become an official voting member, which means absolutely nothing because we don't vote on any, we don't do anything of any value in there, uh, go to muddywatersmedia.com slash store and purchase a Waffle House button or shirt and you will become an official voting member. The Gravy King. Cumberland Cannabis Company, if you want to buy uh, the most viable, ethical, and effective CBD and Delta-8 products on Earth, I guess, uh, go to cumberlandcannabisco.com and get all your weed, basically. We're selling weed on the internet now, guys. Uh, speaking of which, Joe Soloski, he wants you to be able to buy weed on the internet. He's running for governor of Pennsylvania as a libertarian. Joe Soloski is the key to Pennsylvania's success. And if you want to help him become the first libertarian governor ever, then go to joesoloski.com. J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I.com. Mudwater, the most appropriately named product that Muddy Waters has ever been had sponsored us. Uh, if you woke up today and said, my God, I am so sick of coffee. I want to drink something that has mushrooms and masala chai cacao than these other ingredients in it and that's it then i have some great news for you we sell that go to muddywatersmedia.com mud and you can buy your own tin of this stuff it does not i'm gonna go ahead and tell you now it doesn't taste good um, but neither does coffee for that matter and uh, if you put enough honey in everything in anything it, it will start to taste good and uh you want just enough caffeine to wake you up but not enough to have you freaking out uh then uh be sure to try some mud water today muddywatersmedia.com slash mud. Jack Casey has written two books, allegedly. I've never read them and I never will. Uh, but if you'd like to try reading them, uh, their names are The Royal Green and In Silver Throned. Uh, he has a third book, Crowned by Gold, uh, coming out <laughs> supposedly in summer, but I mean, whatever. Uh, listen, I'm not going to read these books because if they are good, then I'm going to feel bad that I've been roasting these, these, uh, these books for like months now. And if they're bad, then I'm going to feel bad that I tried to get you to spend money on them. So you can find out for yourself if these books are terrible or not terrible by going to theroyalgreen.com. I'll tell you what isn't terrible. Fierce Luxury by Ashley. And I only say that because I, she seems nice and I don't want to say that about her product. Uh, she has high-end bags and accessories, uh, including, uh, oh gosh, Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Gucci, and Herms. Hair. 
anyway, she has a lot of high-end luxury uh, items. It is an online consignment shop. Uh, you can also consign your Herms with them uh, for a 30% fee, which is 20% less than most consignment stores, I'm told by her. I assume that's true. You can find them online at FierceLuxuryByAshley.com and on Facebook in their exclusive group, Fierce Luxury by Ashley. I will tell you what is also fierce. This scary-ass game, Adderpan. Uh, this is available on Steam for only $5 uh, and the cost of therapy for the rest of your life. This game is the scariest da- Like, I don't know why anyone would want to play this. I just watched a walkthrough, and holy shit, guys. Like, really? Anyway, this game is... If you want to be really... put it. If you were like aren't having enough panic attacks in your life on a daily basis, go get this game. It's only $5 on Steam, and it comes with unlimited updates. So as they make it scarier, like as you begin to adjust to the trauma of playing this version, they'll continue coming out with new versions. Only 5 bucks, and then, again, the cost of ongoing mental health care. Um, and then, of course, we have... Oh, no, I don't... Oh, gosh. I didn't put this... There we go. Uh, Thomas Queter, he's our newest uh, sponsor. Thomas Queter uh, says he runs better than Albany. And that's funny because he's in a wheelchair. That's That part's kind of, I mean, that's weird, but he finds it funny. Um, he is running for state senate in the uh, 52nd district of uh, of New York. And uh, if you would like to help him run, he's an incredible guy. I've, I've actually knocked on doors with him. Uh, and he has more energy than anyone I've ever met in my life. Uh, he would make an incredible state senator. And if you'd like to help him in his run, go to TomFor52.com, T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. There's also an ongoing meme contest uh, at TomFor52.com slash FTG for, uh, well, whatever FTG stands for. Um, and then if you feel so dismayed by these ads that you feel like suing me, well, good luck because I'm using personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, and we'll sue you back even harder. But if you want to sue someone else and you're being personally injured in the state of Florida, if you go to chrisreynoldslaw.com, he will get you money, probably. I don't know. I mean, if your claim sucks, he's not going to be able to help you. But if you have a good legitimate claim, someone actually did something to you, then he will be able to help you get lots of money. I, I mean, I can't promise that, but he's going to do his best. ChrisReynoldsLaw.com. Uh, the intro and outro music to this and every episode of My Fellow Americans comes from the amazing and talented Mr. Joe Davi. Uh, check him out on Facebook, on SoundCloud. Go to his Bandcamp, JoeDaviMusic.Bandcamp.com. Buy his entire discography. Just had a new album drop uh, a few weeks back. Uh, it's like tw- it's like 25 bucks for everything he's ever made. Go over there and buy it. JoeDaviMusic.Bandcamp.com. I'd like to thank LeBleu. For this delicious water that I drink on this and most episodes of my fellow Americans. It is made in America, oxygenated with ozone, BPA-free, non-carbonated, and kosher, just like me. I, assuming I don't have BPAs. I don't know what a BPA is. But if I don't have a BPA, this is exactly like me. And I'm 70% this also. So, Bulevanaka. Shout out to Tehran Turks and Mominum as always. Folks, my guest tonight is a really incredible guy. I uh, first talked about uh, him back in June. Uh, I've been following him for a few months now. And um, he uh, he is uh, finally uh, doing interviews again. And I'm really excited to have him on. Uh, he is a Marine veteran uh, who is in the process of starting a school uh, that puts a roof over the heads of young men and teaches them everyday skills like basic auto mechanics, household repairs, improving literacy, reading comprehension. It, it, I, I really, I, I'm sick of doing this intro because he's going to tell you way better everything he's doing than I possibly could. Uh, he's an incredible guy. We're going to talk about everything he is doing. Ladies and gentlemen, my fellow Americans, please welcome to the show, Mr. King Randall. King, thanks so much for being on the show, man. Pause, pause, the applause, the applause. 
Oh, oh, oh man, you didn't get applause. applause. Hold on. No, wait, wait, wait. I can do this. Bring it. We got to do that again. Give me, no, give me a second. I'll get, I'll get, hold on. Just, just. Do it again. Hold do it on. again. No, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, bet. Why is that not working? Oh, hold Awkward on. Awkward silence. There we go. Okay. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. It's me. It's they me. like you. They like you exactly the same amount that they like me. It's incredible. <laughs> nope. Nope. Mine's special. <laughs> It is special because they've never done that for any other guest. Let me turn that off so it doesn't do that every time I go to this uh, screen. Uh, King, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, man. And uh, folks, be sure to uh, tune in uh, on our chat. Uh, you can do it on Facebook, on YouTube, on uh, on uh, Periscope, any, anywhere you're watching this. Uh, leave a comment. Uh, give us your thoughts and your questions. And King and I will tell you if you are right or wrong. Now, King, I don't. I don't think I know this part of it. Every every time I have someone on the show who's doing something incredible, they always have the the genesis that caused this them to do the thing that they're doing. And mm-hmm. I, I'm very interested to hear your Genesis story. What got you here when you decided you were going to do this? What is it that caused you to do that? Tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us the the, the King Randall Genesis story or the, the X for Boys Genesis story. All right. For starters, I did see the Waffle House Caucus. Let me start off by saying IHOP is superior. We don't actually wow. go to Waffle House for waffles. We don't do that. Waffle okay. House is for breakfast food. We don't do it. We don't go there for waffles. IHOP okay. is the best. We prefer pancakes. They're a little bit more classy. Okay. Um, anyway, right. okay. Uh, my name is King Randall. I just recently turned 22 years old. Um, most people knew me as a 21 year old kid that was starting a school and uh, helping kids um, in the community, but I'm officially 22 now. So I've grown up and I'm past the little age of buying the drink. <laughs> can I, can I, but, can um, I just, I, I'm sorry. Can I just interrupt you very briefly, folks, while you are listening to this story, remember that this man is 22. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, I'll start, I'll start with the Genesis. Like, cause I usually don't start from the beginning cause people want to hear okay. about the program. So I'll start from the Genesis, uh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. go to Exodus and Leviticus and the numbers and wow. Deuteronomy yep. and then Deuteronomy. Joshua and judges, you know, we're not going to go there anyway. Yeah. All right. So yeah. I'll start off at Genesis. Um, uh, in the beginning, um, there was a child named King Randall. Um, yes. and one day this child was, I'm just kidding. Uh, but anyway, so when I was younger, um, I had a, an idea uh, when I was younger, uh, my grandmother told me about it. Um, one day I was in pre-K actually, and um, I actually gave the I Have a Dream speech um, uh, on Martin Luther King Day. And okay. when I got home from uh, pre-K, um, my grandmother uh, had me in the car with her and I still remember this conversation vividly. Um, I was riding the car with her one day and um, we stopped at a stop sign and I asked her, did she know how it was to have butterflies in her stomach like something was about to happen? Uh, so she was like, you know, yeah. And I told her that I was here to finish what Dr. King started. And so my grandmother's very extremely spiritual. Uh, she's a a pastor, um, and she's been in the church her whole life. And so for me to tell her that, you know, she kind of was taken back. And so growing up, you know, uh, my grandmother never let me forget like what I told her that day. Um, and like growing up, I was a rebellious, you know, kid. I wasn't bad or anything like that. I wouldn't get in any trouble. It's just, I didn't want to do what she told me. I said, I was just like, I was a kid. You know, I gave the I have a dream speech and I got, you know, maybe motivated or something like that. But she was like, no, you don't just say that out of the blue, especially being a child. Um, so fast forward, um, I, I went to culinary school. 
Um, I went to the Marines. Um, I was doing all these different things, uh, basically trying to get away from what we had talked about. And even at all my boot camp letters, my grandmother would remind me what I told her um, growing up. So um, people started getting killed uh, here in the city of Albany, where I live. Um, at one okay. point, we were the fourth poorest city in the United States. Um, and we were ranked as one of the worst places to live. Um, I think we we're in the top 10. And so uh, fast forward, um, I, I don't know, like we were having so many stop the violence rallies um, in the city of Albany. And I was getting upset because nobody was actually doing anything um, right. with the children. And I was getting upset. And I'm just like, I was going to all these different stop the violence meetings. I'm just like, why aren't we trying to actually do something? Like we're having all these meetings and everybody's here being philosophical, et cetera. But like, can we right. try and do something, you know, with the young people that are being killed and the young people that's killing them? Um, so one of my classmates went to jail. Um, they, uh, his brother and a few other guys killed this pizza delivery driver um, just for nothing. Um, they actually... Uh, made a fake call and brought him to an abandoned house and then just just shot him and these were kids that did this um but my classmate wasn't there it was his brother and so um his brother came back home and uh he told him to uh you know hide the gun and of course he hid it but he didn't know what had happened and right. um uh he went to jail he got 30 years um we the same age um and he went to jail when we were i think 19 or 20 um he has 30 years you know in jail just for hiding a, a weapon yep Yep. Yeah. And at that point, I was just like, you know, I got to start doing something with the children. So um, I think I was maybe about 18 years old um, before I started working with children. And I went to the Martin Luther King Memorial uh, up in Atlanta, Georgia. And kind of at that time, I was just wondering, like, well, what what about Dr. King? Did he not finish? Like I was trying to figure out what was going on because my grandmother, you know, and I would literally have whole arguments about, you know, this uh, this calling. And so right. uh I went there and I was like, well, maybe I'll get answers from here or something like that. So fast forward, uh, I get in there and I'm walking around and I go to the um, his uh, gravesite and I'm looking through the museum and I'm just like, something's got to stick. Like, I'm just like, something here is going to tell me something. Like, right, I've read right. all I've, I read all his books. I was watched all his videos. I found out what actually happened to him during this assassination. Like, I was digging in FBI files. I was literally studying him, trying to figure out what exactly was he supposed to to finish but then i realized while watching all of his speeches etc like he he wasn't complete um and i realized you know why the government offed him um when they did um because they could have done it a while before but it was a specific time so mm -hmm. i was going i was going through the museum and there was this one newspaper um from the pittsburgh courier april 20 of 1968 and the title uh says will a new king emerge um, and at that point, uh, I don't know what happened, but it's like a light bulb went off. And if you notice, all of my social media handles are new emerging king. Yeah, um, so yeah. Im immediately after that, um, I started working with children. Um, I did a field trip for some children um, to a Black History Museum um, in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, to hear these children asking the questions that they were asking and, and you know, them coming from different backgrounds, but to see them not wanting to be in their conditions, I knew that somebody was failing our children. Um, so right. I took them on another field trip, um, took them to the Center for Civil and Human Rights. Uh, we went there, same thing, like seeing how bright the children were, you know, the questions that they were asking and a need to want to see possible where we live. So after that, I started teaching children how to work on cars. I started teaching them how to uh, change brakes and change oil. 
Um, I started teaching them uh, how to uh, work on houses. We started changing ceiling fans and uh, light fixtures, you name it. We were doing like uh, a lot of different things and just to see these children so active and, and engaged and, you know, just, just seeing someone do something different, it was, it was amazing to me. So then I did a, a summer camp out of my home. Um, I did a summer camp that year. Um, I had just had my son, Baby King, um, and I have two sons now, but he, he was the only one at the time. And um, I was just like, I got to do something uh, for these children because parents were asking, you know, what could I do for the summer? So I, I did a summer camp. Um, I made a little flyer on my phone and said everything I'd be offering. I was going to teach them how to garden. I was going to teach them how to work on houses. We were going to read every day. Um, right. We were going to do math, social studies, et cetera. And mind you, I, I didn't have any money at the time. I actually had just lost my job, um, but I was still going to do this camp, you know, with these kids at my house. So I got a little small dry erase <laughs> board. I still have it to this day. I'm going to put it in the museum one day. I got a really small dry erase board and I nailed it to my wall and I got some little tables donated um, um, that I found uh, around the community. And I made a, a, a U shape in my dining room that I'm sitting in right now. And um, I, I put it on the wall. And I taught every day. Um, I taught them, uh, you know, how to manage their money. We, uh, you know, read a lot of uh, Robert Kiyosaki books. Um, we were also doing um, a lot of history. Um, and then once we started reading, I realized an issue. Um, I had 20 children at the time in my home and then realizing that 12 out of 20 of them couldn't read, that was an issue. Um, and, yeah. and I had one kid who couldn't read at all. Like he's in the sixth grade. Well, he was in the sixth grade and he couldn't even read cat dog. And I'm like, son, how are you even in the sixth grade and you can't even read, which means you can't pass tests because you can't so he figure was out like, what the questions are. He was like illiterate, illiterate. He didn't know any completely, words. Illiterate. Completely. Wow. Like he couldn't read at all. And I'm just like, well, I know his mom worked a lot, but I'm just like, how are you passing through school? Right. Is my question, you know, and you're in the sixth grade and you can't read in the least little bit. Uh, so that was an issue for me. So realizing so many of the children were not on their grade level reading, I'm like, these are what the issues at. What you, how do yeah, you expect yeah, yeah, these yeah. kids to do? Um, mm -hmm. You know, and they can't read. Uh, so uh, fast forward after that, um, I, I I started a book club after my summer program. Um, the summer program uh, went really well, um, and I taught them so many different things uh, during that summer. Um, and I started a book club with the kids and then starting to see how their reading comprehension was developing. Um, it was beautiful. I did a book club with them uh, every week. We started off in our local library. Um, then it got too big uh, to the point where we had to use uh, this lady's shop. Her name is Miss Lisa. Uh, she has a, a shop here where she does uh, copy and printing things like she prints people's stuff out, makes flyers and things like that. Um, but yeah. she would allow us to use her shop uh, every day after she closed. Um, and I'd have different men from the community come in and read with the children. Um, even we got a shout out from Hill Harper because we were reading his book, Letters to a Young Brother at the time. And, um, you know, we were reading the book and just seeing how they were developing and reading comprehension was so important to me because even though when I say the kids couldn't read, some of them could read, but they could literally only sound out read. Like they could right, only right, just, right. you know, like they could just read what they saw, but they didn't understand what they were right. reading. So reading comprehension was extremely important for me. Um, so just explaining to them what they're reading and then we would do vocabulary words every week, you know, spelling tests, you know, et cetera. Um, this, this went on constantly um, every week. Um, and then I, I kept doing that. I started a bowling team uh, for the boys because I know a lot of the boys only think that they can play football and basketball. And I'm just like, well, you know, you can get into any sport and make money like professional ping pong players make like six figures a year. Uh, yeah. So I started uh, working with those children and bowling with them every week. Some of them got really good and I was going to get them into some um, bowling tournaments, et cetera. And then 
COVID happened. Uh, COVID happened uh, last year and yeah, uh, COVID yeah. kind of stopped everything. I wasn't able to, you know, work with the children. I didn't know what was going on, honestly. So I was just like, you know, parents, I can't really do anything. So I was trying to make right. up some courses online, trying to figure out how I could, you know, maybe do something virtually with them because, you know, they were starting to get back into their old habits uh, and things like that. So um, I, I, I was taken back because I didn't know what to do because the kids were calling and moms were calling. They were having issues. So yeah. I sat down for a moment and I was like, well, if I have to do something for this summer, I said, the kid's going to have to live with me because I'm just like, I don't know where they're going. Uh, right. So I, I called, uh, parents kept calling and asking, what could I do for the summer? I was like, well, I said, I'll do a summer camp. I said, but these kids going to have to come like live at my house because I don't know what's going on. I got my own right. son, you know, so and they were like, OK, I was just like, all right. So I went and got some bump beds. I put them in my living room and we made it happen. Uh, I had seven kids come live with me for the summer of 2020. Um, every day, you know, we went to a farm. We worked on a farm every day. Um, we were moving watermelons and uh, cleaning, you know, just anything, just any little thing on a farm to do, we were doing it. Right. Um, and then we were working on houses. We found this apartment complex where this contractor was working on. He was teaching the boys um, how to lay tile and do sheetrock and, uh, you know, uh, laying carpet and things like that. So it was beautiful. But at this time, I understood that I know I needed to promote our program. I'm just like, this is a beautiful thing that I'm trying to do with these kids. But people need to see what we're doing in order for us to get support. So and I took, I'm, I'm uh, actually guys. While, while you're talking, I'm actually going to show uh, some examples of what it is you guys have been have been doing. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I took this guy's um, online social media class because I was just like, I need to figure out how to market, you know, the program on social media to. Uh, you know, uh, to people because I'm trying to figure out how can I, you know, uh, for one, get funding um, because all this was being funded by my pocket and I was in the negative most of the time. Um, right. But I was trying to, you know, make these things happen. Uh, so uh, I took his class and he gave me a lot of tips um, doing live videos. Um, I started interviewing different uh, community leaders and things like that, just trying to grow my following, you know, in different ways. Um, then I started uh, doing like reports on you know CNN, Fox, things like that. I just started doing live videos and started gain, um, uh, growing my following. And um, somebody told me I need to get on Twitter because Twitter uh, moves really quickly um, when you're yeah. uh, you know promoting things. Uh, so I got on Twitter and you know I started posting what me and the boys were doing. We would get a little bit of traction here and there, you know. But uh, one day uh, the boys and I were actually doing some sheetrock uh, at this apartment complex last summer. Um, and I posted it on Twitter and it like went like mini viral, like very fast. And right. like all this support, like started coming out of nowhere. Like I, I didn't know who these people were, where it was coming from. And I was just like, who are these people? And, and most <laughs> of it were, uh, white conservatives. And I stopped for a second and I'll be honest with you. I did not like white people at this time. Um, because okay. I was, you know, CNN, uh, all this stuff on social media, et cetera. So I'm just like, why are these white people, you know, supporting, you know, I, I'm, I'm under the impression that whites are conservatives that got Trump, you know, stuff or whatever. They they don't like black people or whatever. They don't like, like black that. people. They don't want to help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm like, 
what's going on with this? So I, I, I was like, oh, taken back, first of all. And um, people were like, well, make a GoFundMe page and things like that. Because I'd been saying for a while that I wanted to open a school for my kids. I told my boys, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but we're going to open a school one day. Um, so they were like, well, you need to make a GoFundMe. So I was like, okay, I made a GoFundMe and we raised like $11,000 like in the first week um, of us doing that. And so I was again taken back people were asking to interview me like uh, a lot of different white people were asking to interview me i was like okay i was like so i started doing like interviews uh with these people <laughs> yeah. but it it kind of changed my tone and uh then we went to the white house um last october and like all the love that we received like completely just reshaped my mind like right. this, it was interesting because i started realizing like dang like all the people that's really giving me trouble look like me. I was realizing that everybody that was doing the smear campaigns and, you know, just saying any little bad thing about the program, they were all black people. And I, I was like, dang, like my own community, like, you know, oh, you too young and you're this and you're that. And, you know, it was, it was nuts. And all I did was, you know, work with kids. I don't do any political commentary. I don't talk about anybody, you know, it was nuts. Yeah. Um, but it changed my mind. It, it, it did. It, pure love changed my mind. Not, you know, seeing a, a podcast or watching a TV show or anything. It's just pure love change, you know, how I, my, my thought process. Um, so uh, we started raising money um, for a school building and we weren't looking at any buildings at the time. And um, uh, we were looking at this one building, uh, our old social security office here in Albany. Um, it's a very huge facility and we were going to try to turn this building into a school. This was probably the only building available at the time that we could possibly, you know, try and afford. Um, but we didn't raise the money in time um, for that building. Um, and then we went into uh, trying to buy a building from our local school system. And um, that fell so through. Do, do, yeah. Do you, do you mind if I if I interrupt you there? So this yeah, is sure. actually where I first uh, introduced my my uh, fans, followers, whatever, to your story. When I uh, I think I, I was Elizabeth uh, Olivia Rondo who uh, mm -hmm. wrote an article about what happened. And I had heard mm -hmm. about you and been following you somewhat loosely before that. And then mm -hmm. when I saw that article and what was going on there with the school, uh, I thought, you know, here it is. Someone is, you know, working hard to actually educate kids who are, I mean, we talk about no child left behind. Here's an entire generation of kids, entire generations of kids being left behind and entire communities of kids being left behind. Here's someone who's trying to, to, to fill that gap and actually, you know, not just teach skills, but also, I mean, and we can talk more about this. It sounds like teaching self-esteem. And, uh, and right. it seemed like there was some, some adversity you were getting, some, some pushback that you were getting from that. Can you talk a little bit about what happened with the school and where, where were you seeing with that now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll definitely say, uh, you know, um, we got into a, a, a disagreement with the school system in the contract they gave us uh, to purchase the facility. Um, I will say I've never seen, you know, um, any stipulations given to a buyer about what they could do with the facility after they purchase it. Uh, so that was just kind of, you know, um, it was just it was us walking backward. Like we were trying to purchase the building for a specific reason and for you right. to tell us we can't do that specific thing. Yeah, it made yeah, no sense. Yeah. Um, but you know, we just, we passed on it. I didn't want to go the route of begging. That's not what I do. Um, yeah. and I was just like, you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to do any petitions or anything. We'll, you know, find something on our own. Um, so we moved forward with that. Um, and you know, I talked to the, our local school superintendent, we're still going to work together on a few things, you know, uh, with the school system in our program, we just weren't able to, you know, make that happen and it's okay. You know, things happen. It is what mm -hmm. it is. 
Uh, so we purchased um, just recently, probably about a month ago now, we purchased uh, three buildings on our south side of town. Um, it's, it's three buildings on one lot. Um, it's a nice facility. Um, we're going to start there. Uh, we have a school bus um, and we're definitely excited to start renovating. It kind of pushed our uh, our start date back, um, but, you know, it's OK. We're just going to start uh, next fall. Um, so okay. we just have renovations to do on the facility, um, turning it into a school, um, you know, getting accredited, things like that. Um, so that's kind of, you know, who I am, what the Extra Boys is all about and kind of where we come from and where we are now. This is incredible. And by the way, I, I for those of you watching and to let you know, I, I put the org the, the actual website in the comments and the notes so people can uh, so people can see and check that out. Don't do it now. Check it out after the show. You will keep watching this for now. Uh, but, uh, you know, so that they can go and they can donate and see how they can be a part of this. Um, I want to go back to something that you said early on, um, because this is incredible. And we're, we're going to dive into some of the specifics of what mm-hmm. you guys are doing. But um, the one thing that really stuck to me, you said they killed uh, Dr. King at a specific time and mm-hmm. for and for a specific reason and that that was you know where the incomplete part happened can you can you dive down a little bit more into what you mean because i'm pretty sure i know where you're going with this but i'm I'm interested in what you mean by that um i'll save a lot of it because the boys and i are actually going to travel um to the lorraine motel and i'm gonna do a full expose um and yeah so i'll save some of it um, sure. However, and this was all proven in court, um, so it, it won't be like I'm a conspiracy theorist, uh, but the no, King family was paid um, in 1999 um, mm-hmm. about this. Um, James Earl was framed. Um, he was proven not the killer, but he mysteriously passed away if when he would have been exonerated. But, yep. you know, uh, so <laughs> you know how that goes. Um, but yeah, uh, Dr. King at that point uh, had a little bit too much power. Uh, Dr. King was basically the president without being the president uh he had the entire nation you know behind his movement um and the poor people's campaign um that he was about to lead this was everybody um versus the government um and and that was an issue um you couldn't have everybody versus the government and i try to get black people now (laughs) to understand i'm just like listen like our movement by ourselves like yeah we can make a lot of noise but I have to get them to understand. I'm like, you understand that we have a lot of the same issues that white people do with the government. Now, our issues may differ in some areas, but they have issue with government. Just like we have issue with government. Why not combine and be like, you know what? If we all have issues with the government, how about we all go and fight, you know? But there's this, you know, you can't work with white people and, you know, and stuff like that. Um, right. nowadays, but I don't, I don't, you know, uh, subscribe to that anymore. I'm just like, there's no, been no major movement with black people where white people didn't help. Um, you know, and that's something that important that we have to understand, but, um, I'm just like, uh, we all could, you know, get behind each other. And one thing I love about my movement is so many different people from all sides of the spectrum follow our movement and love what I do yep. because you can't not love it. Um, and so we have white conservative support, white liberal support, Hispanics, blacks, you know, everybody supports what we're doing. And so sometimes when I do a live video and I'm talking about, you know, different issues, but everybody's agreeing. I'm like, now I want you guys to look at, you know, you guys' profile pictures. Some of you guys got Trump and, and all these black (laughs) lives matter stuff and all that. But all you are under here agreeing with the same thing. Would you look at that? You know? So I'm just like, you, it's, it's media, you know, the most effective devil in America um, as Maj uh, Teray says it. 
Um, yeah. And I think that's um, the entire truth. Uh, I believe the media is the most effective devil in America, and they literally control just the basis of our thinking. Um, and why we can't unify as a people, you know, just in general, um, it's all being done strategically, um, yep. just all from all outlets, you know, it's, it's against the law, quote unquote, to for everybody to be, you know, on one accord. And it's, it's not really that hard to have, you know, some peace. But of course, peace doesn't pay. Um, drama does. Uh, so I think well, that's it, something we have to understand. I, so a perfect example of this last year. There was, uh, and this is my opinion. If you disagree, you can let me know. I, I, last year, we saw uh, the killing of Breonna Taylor followed immediately by uh, the killing of George Floyd. And, and the, the George mm -hmm. Floyd killing got way more attention because there was an actual live video of it happening right. as opposed to with Breonna Taylor. You're hearing about it after the fact. Um, right. But really, those two things were kind of a one-two punch that led to what started as a pretty broad movement for police mm -hmm. accountability, ending qualified immunity, ending police militarization, you know, forcing other police officers who are witnessing a crime being committed by an officer to have a, a legal duty to intervene the same way they would if any of us were committing a crime, you know, and then what happened was the media immediately stopped talking about the power aspect that that people right. in government were being were unaccountable and that they weren't being held accountable. And all they talked about was race. Now, there right. is very much a racial aspect when we're talking about criminal justice issues. Like we know that slavery didn't end with the 13th Amendment. It just got moved from the private sector to the government. Right. But mm -hmm. but even in the midst of talking about that, yes, there is a racial component to all of this, to gun control, to the welfare state, to criminal justice issues and everything else. But the. Re the the reason that people who want to harm the marginalized are able to do so is because of the power and lack of accountability they have. The media mm -hmm. stopped talking about that entirely. And what was supposed to be a war against unaccountability in government turned into a war against all racism. And mm -hmm. with no real explicitly drawn terms of, okay, but what is racism? What is your definition of what we need to be fighting and it very quickly right. became this like white versus black thing and mm -hmm. i think that was intentional i think that had that movement yes acknowledge the the racial disparity that's happening like you said everyone's suffering differently but acknowledged it and then immediately focused to the solution which was dismantling the power system that allowed that to happen then we'd be mm -hmm. in a completely different place than we are right now and, and unfortunately you know the people in government uh, aren't able to maintain their power if we work together uh, the people who like to to grift and make millions of dollars off of various movements they don't get to do that if they're not stoking the right fires i said it and uh and then you know the <laughs> and then at the same time someone like you who's saying okay i see uh, you know I, albany georgia i'm a, is this a a most like a majority black community in, in this, this is probably one of the rare cities where 77% African-American. Okay. So you look in your community and say, okay, here is, I'm a black man, overwhelmingly black, black community. Uh, we're also one of the, the poorest community, fourth poorest community in the country, one of the top 10 worst places to live. This is where I live. And I'm seeing basically my people, my neighbors, my loved ones who are embroiled in all this poverty and, and cycles of, of crime and, and violence and terrible education and, 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 and familial issues and everything else. I'm going to fix it. And you got people coming after you because you're young or you're w whatever. And meanwhile, it's like you're this is the prototype. If we if we're saying that this is a problem 
of power, well then take the power from government. If this is a problem of race, okay, well great, then let's have black people creating their own solutions instead of having it imposed on them by white people. If this is a problem of, uh, of um, uh, uh, if this is a problem within the black community, great, let black people fix it and be able to, to do it. Whatever you think led this to be the problem, what you're doing is the solution and that's why you have so many people supporting you. It's also why you have a lot of people coming after you too, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, what's, you know, interesting is uh, black people have given, will have said, uh, well, some of my detractors anyway, I'll say that, uh, or you're yeah. not a threat because the system is, well, white people aren't trying to kill you and things like that. I'm just like, they're like, because if your movement was effective, they'd be trying to, you know, take you out. I'm like, yeah, you guys are trying to take me out. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, you guys are doing the, yeah. you know, think pieces and the smear campaigns and the podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. about, you know, why, or some people, you know, say, oh, King's using the money, you know, uh, that he's raising uh, in his nonprofit for personal uh, things. I'm like, uh, yeah, it's called a salary. I have to take care of myself and I do this full time. To do you know, it full so time, just, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I do this every day of my life. This is the first <laughs> break, like right now that I've taken just because I have a newborn now. You know, right. it's, this is the, like the first break I've really taken um, because I have to spend time with my family and they don't even get a chance to see me. And my own son, you know, cries, right. you know, because I have to go spend so much time with the boys and things like right. that. So, you know, this is my time to, you know, spend with my family. But just, you know, I, I it's, it's a lot, you know, that I have to deal with as far as adversaries, but it's mostly support from everywhere. Um, I don't really interact or entertain or respond to any, uh, you know, detractors because that's what they want. But uh, some elders always say, if you don't run into any fools, you're probably going in the same direction. Uh, so yep. I definitely think you know, <laughs> that's extremely important uh, for me to yeah. remember. Um, and I just keep it moving, man. I just keep on doing the work. I combat all of my uh, negative uh, with something positive. Everything negative that I see, I just combat it with something positive. Because even yeah. in them talking negative, people are going to try to come see who I am or what we're doing. You know, and they're just, you can't see anything but work. You know, and, and I'm not like other political commentators and things like that who are constantly, you know, berating the community and things like that and not actively right. doing anything in that right, community right, right. that you're talking about. You know, so if anything, you know, I, I, I do so much work, you know, I don't have time to talk. You know, I don't have time to make political commentary. I don't have time for all this yep. drama and all these drama postings and things like that. And commentators fighting against each other and why they're not a real conservative and they are not and there's all this nonsense <laughs> that people still donate to i'm just like why are you still donating to these guys platforms and they're doing nothing but right. running their mouths you know yeah. it's many people you know in every community um where you live that people need funding you know for the different things that they're trying to do and they're not of running course, their yeah. mouths they're yep, doing yep. work you know and I, that's what i want people to um to, you know really understand is people out here actively trying to fix their communities you know people are like oh well people are not out here trying to fix their communities no they are it's just you're giving the wrong attention you know to drama you know and not actually looking for the people that are actually working yep. in their communities so this is actually we talk about this a lot on the show so i i'm a libertarian we're trying to grow the liberty movement and by the way you know you were talking about conservatives and, and liberal i've yet to meet a libertarian who has heard your story who isn't 100 percent behind if looking in the comments here every single thing there's people in here yeah that's what i about. keep looking down looking yeah at, people uh, are asking the how they can donate how they can be a part of it they love what's going on how you're a great person someone asked if you were jesus um the oh, uh nah. you know no 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 yeah <laughs> well, no, yeah, but but you know, I mean, people saying you know, uh, uh, you know, this is what we need to see from Americans. You know, uh, words mean nothing; action means everything. Like, 
this is what li the liberty movement is about is about people being free to create solutions to problems that are often imposed upon us by government right now right. with that mm -hmm. said even within the liberty community we have the same thing we have the people that they make money creating drama on, on all different sides and, and this isn't yep. you know calling out specific people all their their job is to go and and and, and talk crap about other libertarians all day long and it's like right. why why like let's go do something effective if we all or most of us agree that this whatever it is is a problem whether police brutality criminal justice issues the war on drugs uh gosh what else uh taxes regulations foreign policy whatever it is let's go mm -hmm. work on that like why are we arguing with each other it's too and it's I, you know it's it's, it's it's crabs in a barrel is what it is exactly it's nonsense like uh like here in our community we just uh, had a funeral today for a nine-year-old that was killed uh last week um, while he was in his wow. bed, uh, somebody was just riding and, and shot at his house, and he was in his bed, struck him in the head uh, while he was sleeping. Um, and, you know, our community was outraged by it. Like, we had a lot of children pass, you know, here in Albany, teenagers, but this one kind of struck a nerve with everybody. And so a friend of mine <clears throat> raised about $10,000, um, black, another black conservative friend of mine. Um, and, you know, some other businesses were raising money, you know, trying to, you know, for one, for Crime Stoppers to find the killer. And then other people were raising money for the funeral expenses. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're a very poor community. So a lot of people here don't like have insurance and things like that. So people have yeah. to do fundraisers uh, to bury their loved ones. Uh, and so people got upset with him because they were like, well, where is this money coming from? Is this coming from PAC money or uh, who's raising it? We don't want the family to be burdened because they may want something for their money. And he's just like, this is my personal funds. Oh, well, we don't trust that, you know? And then the guy comes, another guy, uh, he owns an automotive repair shop here. So he did a car wash fundraiser for um, uh, the family and uh, guys made another post, like these guys who want to be so woke. They made another post. Oh, uh, they ain't been trying to help the community this whole time. Why they want to do something now? They just doing this for cloud and blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, or they just trying to help. Like, or they're just trying to help. Like, oh, God. People are so, they trying so hard to be woke, even with me. He's like, so where's the, <laughs> the funding coming from? I'm like, well, just go on GoFundMe and look at all their it's names and go type them all in if you it like. To you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just like, go type it all in if you like. I'm just like, what you want me to do? Like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? And wow. I'm, I'm like, yeah, like, uh, Democrats don't do the same thing. Like, uh, try to give people money and then tell them, you know, try to sway them a certain way or things like that. I'm like, so if I was a, you know, Democratic person and raising money, you wouldn't say the same thing. It's just, oh, he has a problem with conservatives because certain conservatives just can't, you know, be donating without some, you know, motive or somebody trying to control your hand. I'm like, there's nothing political about my movement. So if people are donating, they're donating just because they want. I don't I do not do political commentary. They can't make me sway anything. I'm not, I don't have a big enough following to sway nobody's vote or anything like that. So I'm like, what do you mean I'm being paid to push a narrative? What narrative am I pushing? I'm helping but, children. Like, it's yeah, That's what I was going to say. Your, your narrative is let's help uh, boys that are, that are, you know, being falling be, un, between the cracks and are at this point more likely to end up in prison than to have a good job. If we don't do something like that, if right. that's your narrative, then I hope you have the biggest audience possible to be able to spread it. I mean, goodness. Do you think some of this is, is fear? In fact, Jericho banker says the only people who have, would have an issue with what you do are threatened by a potential loss of power. Do you think, I, I'm sure some of it is, you know, just general mistrust 
and some of it is just you know that's their way of clout chasing is to is to you know punch up at mm-hmm. someone who's doing something and and the right. whole you know crabs in a in a barrel thing but uh do you think some of this is that there are people that uh you know are worried that if you can fix problems they won't be able to have that power of of you know leading people to complain about them or am i completely off there I think mostly it's people who haven't done anything, who've wanted to be relevant for so long. Yeah. Um, you know, as an upside and a downside to my age, the downside is that people feel like intimidated or something because I'm so young and yeah. people start to question their motives in the community because they're like, dang, like you supposed to have been for our community for this many years, but King's been around for three years, like since he's got a high school and he's been doing so much, you know, for the children. Where have you been? You know, and and that's honestly been it. Um, Like even the churches and I uh, here in Albany, we have like a love hate relationship uh, because I've you know said multiple times, you know, where they feel we have over 400 churches in Albany, but God doesn't seem to be present. Um, So I'm trying to figure out what exactly, you know, is is going on. Like we have super mega churches. We got this one huge church here or whatever. And, you know, they're like, oh, we're doing things for the community, but they're just doing stuff church is supposed to do, like give away Thanksgiving turkeys and give away clothes and host COVID vaccines and host, you know, voter rallies and all that. That's, that's normal stuff, but stop yeah. giving men fish, teach men how to fish, you know? And I'm just like, that's, that, that's where I am, you know, with that. I mean, our the city of Albany could, you know, use a lot of help. Um, but I, like I said, I don't try to, you know, focus so much on what's going on, you know, negative. I just try to do things positive. I don't talk yeah. about anybody's movements. I don't talk about anybody's organizations. I just do my own thing. I just stay in my lane and, and work with my children. And yeah. that seems to bother some people. So It's called shining past people, man. I say it all the time. People who shine are going to attract people who want to put it out. And if you shine past them, then one of two things happens. If you just basically, for the most part, ignore them, you can even acknowledge it exists and say, I'm not even about that. I'm about trying to do what I'm doing. And I hope people will, I hope they'll one day join me in helping. Um, one of two things happens. Either they eventually get give up and say, well, maybe I'll help them. Or they just give up and go find something else to complain about, which is good. Or... Mm-hmm. They'll just keep complaining and keep drawing attention to you and keep telling everyone about you and keep having your name in their mouth. And really, right. you know, you, you can let the, the 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 haters' anger be the wind beneath your wings sometimes. Like they can help, like you mm-hmm. said, you know, when they're saying this King Randall, look at it, he's a kid and, and he's done all that. What, what's all that? And other people are looking, they're like, what the hell are you complaining about? But they wouldn't have known no. about you in that moment if it wasn't for them complaining about you. So either exactly. way. You know, I, I say shine past people. They're going to be like that. If you turn around and start punching down at them, it just makes you look petty. So just go and exactly. do your thing. They, some of them will join you. Some of them will go find something else to complain about. And some of them will be some of your biggest fans for the rest of your life, just doing yep. everything they can to draw attention to how terrible they think you are and bring more people to your movement as a result, man. Exactly. Yeah. People are going to go search for themselves. Some people are gullible enough to, you know, uh, accept some of those things like, uh, like a, another set of detractors now, uh, they're uh, trying to make it seem like uh, I'm a racist or whatever um, because of some old things I said like maybe two or three years ago. Um, and so now they're pulling up old, like some old things I may have tweeted or things like that. And they're just like, See, he doesn't like white people. <laughs> I'm just like, you but guys you just are nuts. said that. <laughs> you just said like you didn't used to like white people. And also, again, keeping in yeah. mind, and and I, I get to say this because I'm 39, 
which is still considered technically is kind of considered young and you're like just over half my age you are on the scale of things you've been an adult for like 12 seconds you know like i mean you're right like, you know what i mean and, you, and you've used every bit of it i did trust me i'm not i'm not saying i'm saying that as a positive no worries, like, look, no how, worries. look how long you've been an, a- an adult and look at everything you've done but the point of that is if someone goes back to something you said three four years you were 18 i thank god that social media didn't exist when i was 18 i can't even imagine the stuff i was saying back then right like, right and you even said right. like you didn't like or trust white people right so i mean mm-hmm. it, okay it, it great took, yeah it took like um it took experience for me to understand things like i was you know um well white people are holding us back you know the government's holding us down we can't do these things but in the midst of me saying that i was literally making a way like i had lost my job but i got on youtube right. i learned how to cut hair i got on youtube and learned how to work on some different parts of people's cars I started right. cutting grass. Um, so I was cutting people's hair, working on cars, painting houses. Like I remember the first house I painted, um, like the outside of somebody's house, I'd never painted it before, but I was actually in uh, Home Depot looking for some paint, um, you know, for somebody else's, the inside of their house. And this lady right. was like, hey, do you paint houses? I was like, yeah, I paint houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I paint houses. She was like, okay, can you come by and look at my house? Here's my address. I was like, all right, all right, I'll come by and look at your house. Yeah. So I went by and looked at her house and my little brother was actually working with me at the time. My little brother's, uh, he's 15 now. Uh, he was 14 at the time. He turned 16 on uh, September 30th. So uh, okay. I brought him with me to go look at the house. And that whole night we stayed up like five, six hours watching house painting videos on YouTube. And lo and behold, <laughs> When we went and painted this lady's house, it took us about five days and it looked like a, a professional job, you know, right. and we made like 1200 bucks from that. And then what we were, we were being smart because she had some old lady friends. So we were like tank tops and, you know, make sure we looked all nice, you know, and stuff so they could want the, the nice young men to come paint their houses too. And we went down the street and painted their houses and made some money. So, you know, look, looking good pays. You know, yeah, so, no, listen, but- listen, <laughs> as as a sex symbol myself, I know uh, full well uh, how important it is to, to look at. No, listen, man, you're obviously incredibly industrious and, and, and you're you're making the best of everything you've got. I you everything you do is everything I tell people needs to be done. And I, I love that you're doing it. I do. I want to ask you about the extra boys. You talked about some of the mm-hmm. stuff that you were teaching them. And one of the, the things that really struck me when you were when you were um uh, you know, when I first read about your story was that uh, one of the phrases that you use a lot is do for self. And mm-hmm. this idea that it's like, at the end of the day, you are responsible for yourself and you have to do at the very, like the baseline, what's needed for you really before. And, and the way I took it before you can really even help anyone else, you have to make sure that you're doing for yourself, because if you can't take care of yourself, how can anyone else take care of you? How can you take care of anyone else? Right. Right. Talk to me about some of the things, like the specifics of some of the stuff that you are teaching them, not just the the, the life skills like, you know, a painting or mechanic work, or I saw you did uh, mm-hmm. uh, what it looked like uh, spot welding or something like that, but mm-hmm. also plasma yeah. welding, but also like life skills, like like lifestyle skills and how to think about things. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, so for the most part, I actually love boarding the children, um, like actually having them sleep uh and live with me is because there's a lot of innate learning that has to happen with the children there are some things that i can teach you know by mouth um to the children but when i say innate learning that's kind of like how i learned how to fry chicken growing up like my grandmother never taught me how to fry chicken like i just happened to go be going to make some water like 
every so often and I happen to see her breading and seasoning the chicken and putting it in the, the pan and frying right. it. You know, just I happen to see that over time and I kind of figured it out or how I learned how to grill meat on the grill. Like nobody had a class and told me how to grill meat. I just happened to be watching my stepdad and my uncles, you know, outside, you know, grilling on the grill, you know, and you right, just kind of right, right. caught on. You know, so and there's a lot of things that um, people don't understand uh, why there's a huge need for fathers in the home. Um, so a lot of the things that I teach them, I let them watch me take care of my son. I let them watch me, you know, uh, do certain things during the day. Um, I let yeah. them watch me give um, money to people. I let them watch me, you know, do a lot of community service um, because they'll start trying to mimic these things um, because they're around you know, um, something that somebody they need to be around because a boy is going to mimic whatever man he's around, no matter what. Um, he's going to mimic whatever man's around, whether that be a good man or a bad man, he's going to mimic them. Um, so I think it's extremely important for a good man um, to be around uh, these children. So even with uh, different habits that they're developing, you know, I have them wake up at a certain time every day, um, grooming themselves, cutting their fingernails, um, making sure their hair is brushed, brushing their teeth, taking a bath. All these different things have to go on every day because these things aren't going on at home. Like you, I couldn't, you couldn't imagine how many little boys aren't taking a bath every day or, you know, they don't clip yeah. their nails or just brush their teeth or brush their hair or showing them how to shave and how it can make your haircut last longer if you shave your face. Like I'm just like your, your face being shaved makes you look a little bit more cleaner, you know, just, just a lot, you know, just a lot of things that your granddad and your uncles and, you know, the many your life taught you growing up, the boys need to know. And that's extremely important um, for what we're trying to do. Um, I think it's extremely important for our boys to learn um, innately. Um, so it's, it's so many things, you know, I, I, I quote unquote teach them without having to tell them, you know, directly by my mouth. Some of them just kind of discover and, and are, am around me so much, you know, that they start to mimic the things that I'm doing, mimic the things that I'm saying. Like even my younger brother, um, he's the one holding the X right there. Um, but my younger brother, um, he mimics me to a T. Like um, his name is Kulin, um, but we call him QJ. Um, but I watch my younger brother so much because he looks up to me, you know, and he's like six one by the way now. Um, he's huge. We have different moms, same dad. Um, but he looks up to me um, so much and I actually watch him to see what I need to change in myself um, mm. because I'll notice some things that he's doing that I know that I do. I'm like, wait, that shouldn't be happening. So I'll fix it in myself, you know, to, right. to, to fix it with him because he literally mimics everything, you know, that I do, my catchphrases, the way I walk, everything. So I have to be a whole man, you know, for him. I have to be a whole man for my boys. Um, right. So, you know, I, I, I would love to say that, you know, it's easy to teach, you know, the, you know, uh, morals and things like that. Yeah, we'll go over a few different things as far as how to treat a woman and, you know, yeah, how to talk yeah. to your parents and things like that. But for the most part, a lot of those a lot of that morality, a lot of that character, et cetera, is going to come innately. Um, you can't teach character. You have, you have to see character because in order to be a man, you have to see a man. Um, right. So I think that's extremely important in the teaching that we're giving them as far as morality and character and, um, and how to develop themselves. So is that why you chose to work, at least for now, exclusively with boys? Because you as a man can show them how to be a man? Is that is that why you made that choice to do that? Of course. I can't teach a girl how to be a girl. I just I was just in New York. Um, and I and I try when I'm traveling, um, I try not to wear any of my gear so I don't get noticed. Um, but uh, it was on my business card uh, that I was using. Um, and they were like, you're that, you know, King Randall guy. And they was like, why don't you do anything for girls? I'm just like, 
I'm not a girl, so I don't I don't know how to teach that type of etiquette, you know, to right, girls. Right, right. Uh, and I'm and I'm like, and being honest, it's so it's thousands of girls programs out there. There's there's so many girls programs. I mean, you're yeah. overwhelmed with things to do for girls, but it's like boys don't have like no any major programs. Most of the time, they got football teams and you know little stuff like that. But most of it yeah. is just easy access to single moms for these guys. They're not trying to actually you know help these children. They're just trying to get in with all the single moms. You know, and that bears witness in my community. Oh. They'll tell you about it. But it just just being honest, you know, nobody's actually like really trying to get in deep, you know, with these the boys and help them. Now, there are many organizations that are, but it's not as overwhelming as it is with so many girls organizations everywhere. Um, I mean, it, it's overwhelming. You're flooded with things to do for girls, even at school. We, every little club and every little field trip and all this stuff to do with girls, 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 it, girls, girls for this, girls for that. It just it was right. always girl stuff. I'm like, no, young boys really need uh this attention they need a, a lot of attention because they're you know uh, what's going to change the reality um of the next generation to come the men are going to have to you know step up and if we don't we're going to continue going in this uh, vicious cycle of violence yep yep and and it, exactly like you said because a a young man is overwhelmingly more likely so if you have a young man and a young woman who are suffering under the same neglect the same you know lack of opportunity and the the same kind of doldrums that young man is exponentially more likely to end up turning to violent crime in order to be to find direction to find what it is they're supposed to do to get respect to get money to get all the things they're looking for they're going to turn to the bad things and there's many reasons i mean biologically men and women are different right so so mm -hmm. you know men are more it, men are the ones that have always been you know usually the hunters and the the warriors and the fighters and the protectors right. and the defenders and so forth and if you're not giving them a thing to do that's going to metastasize that's going to go into something toxic and it's going to Ooh, lead to that I mean, word that, again wait 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 say that word again it's going to metastasize so like uh when a cancer isn't treated How do you spell that? uh oh god no um i'm gonna have to look oh, it up yes metastasize i'm sorry i'm i love words like i never okay, heard so that before i had to look it up so it's m-e-t-a-s-t-a-s-i-z-e and what it means is, so like a cancer, um, if it's not treated, it will start mm -hmm. to spread to other areas. It will metastasize, right? So mm -hmm. like, you know, stage one cancer is the cancer's just right here. Stage two cancer is, you know, the cancer's grown to a certain point where it could spread. Stage three and mm -hmm. stage four cancer is where it's actually spreading. And that's, it's called metastasizing. So if you have, you know, a kid, a young man, for mm -hmm. example, who doesn't have direction in his life, He's got all this energy, right? He's going through, you know, uh, the early, mid, end stages of puberty. He's becoming a man. He doesn't know what that means. He's not being given any direction. He has no idea what to do. All he knows is he wants to be respected and validated. He wants someone to care about him. He wants right. to be able to make money. And if the only thing he's seeing is that the only ways to make money are to either be a really good entertainer of some kind, a, a you know, sport yep. professional, uh, a, uh, um, a rapper or an actor or singer or something like that. And if they don't have have that particular skill uh, then they're often going to turn to what looks like the only and if, if nothing else the easiest way to make money which is getting involved in violence and getting involved in, yep. in drugs and gangs and everything else and that's that's this is not rocket science that part's not rocket science if you don't give them something to do and here it is you're giving them plasma cutting right like you're not this isn't you know you aren't saying oh here you're going to all become neurosurgeons you're you're giving them just something to do 
to show them yep. you can apply your talents to something constructive instead of right. you know going and doing something that's going to hurt someone look at what you did today you now have this you know this piece of metal that you've crafted with your initials or you've helped paint this house or you've done this thing and this is something you can make money doing and you can create you know a, a, a sense of self-worth in doing so i think i i couldn't talk more about uh, the incredible things you're doing, but I do because you know obviously I don't want to take like you know seven hours of your life. I, I do want to ask you this though, man. Where do you see this going? Like, what do you want to ex eventually? You know, once you have everything set up for your school and everything else, do you want this to expand across the country or even to other countries? Do you want to just really make this grow in Albany? Do you eventually want to bring in women who will be able to do something similar for what? Like, what what are your goals? To where do you envision this in five, ten, fifteen, however many years? It's always really hard to answer that question because. Right. My goals for the extra boys um, had been shattered uh, so fast. Um, like right. maybe if you'd asked me that question two years ago, I'm like, yeah, we buying a building and got to get this done and that done. Like yeah. all that happened like within a matter of months. Um, yeah, so yeah. it's like, I don't even know where we're headed. Like I have an idea, but I don't even know where we're going, you know, yeah. um, because everything's happening so fast. But the ideas that I have, you know, of course, I want our school up and running. I would love to have more locations um, in different areas. I would love to, you know, start in Albany, grow in Albany, make sure we're effective in Albany and move elsewhere. I don't want to become one of those programs that start opening branches everywhere and then it's not actually affecting the children. No, I actually yes. want to go yep, yep. and travel where I'm opening a new location. I don't care how big the organization gets. I will travel to every location and I want to make sure that the, it's working. It's affecting the children where it is because what the children here in Albany need may not be what they need in uh, Baltimore or Chicago or whatever. They may need something different. Um, but I want to make sure the program is actually effective uh, where we are. I don't want to become one of those um, programs where, um, excuse me, I want to become one of those programs where it becomes uh, the salary based and the programs actually getting 10 cents of every dollar and just it's, it's, it's become just a, a thing, you know, and I'm just like, no, I want it to actually be working with the children. We have a 0% recidivism rate and I want it to remain that way. Um, I want to keep taking children from the juvenile court system. I want to take children from the juvenile court system everywhere. I would love to expand to other countries. People have asked us to start uh, uh, Extra Boys location in London and South uh, South Africa, uh, uh, where else? Uh, Australia, Canada. People have asked us to open uh like uh, extra boys branches everywhere. But my answer yeah. is always the same. I want to make sure we're working and effective where we are first. Um, I can give, you know, like blueprints on how to start doing different workshops, you know, here, there and everywhere and maybe how to start your own thing. Um, but if, as for me, I want to make sure that I'm being effective uh, where I am, you know, yeah. uh, with the children. I definitely want to make sure the, the children are being served. Um, and I definitely see this expanding. I do want to see uh, girls um, incorporated one day, but I, I think it's going to be extremely different from, you know, what I'm teaching yep. the boys, obviously, because they're learning, you know, how to be girls and how to be women. So I think it's going to be extremely different, um, you know, yep. as far as the teaching. But whatever woman, you know, comes along and would like to start an X for girls branch, <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, I think uh, that it'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, I do plan to uh, start one eventually, but right now we're just trying to keep this school up off the ground. And then yep. once we have that off the ground, we're going to um, look at starting locations elsewhere. I think uh, just the main thing uh, for our boys, they just need uh, not just something to do, but they really want to make money. And I want to, you know, start different businesses yep. for the boys. I want to start them a painting company and I want to start them, you know, automotive repair shops, et cetera, because I want them to actually make money. 
Um, I had a child, um, he's uh, 15 years old. He's dropped out of school. And um, I met him maybe about a month and a half ago. Uh, and he was in a car um, um, with some friends and somebody came and shot up their car and every one of his friends died except him. And he's just, you know, like living this normal gangster life. And he just like, you know, that's made that happen to my friends. But he reached out to me and he was like, I heard you can help me. And I was like, yeah, I was like, um, what, what can I do for you? And he was just like, I just really want to learn how to make some money. You know, and I know if I would have provided him with a nice job, he he would simply be off the streets, you know, just like that. Yeah. Um. So that's that's like my next thing, you know, trying to, you know, find jobs because, you know, the kids, he's not in school, got tattoos all over his face and everything. 15 years old. Go look at his Instagram page. All it is is guns and and yep. talking crazy to girls and stuff like that. And that's the lifestyle that they live. And you ask them why they live like that. They're just like, that's all I know to do. Like I've never seen or done yep. anything else. So yep. actually exposing them, like you were saying earlier about all the things that I'm just showing them, like exposing yep. them is important because they don't know what it is out there that they want to do. They don't know they can do other things. Um, you yep. know, so you just have to expose them to these different things. I love it, man. I listen, I, I, it's like you said, there's many, there's so many, first of all, you've been doing nothing but dropping freaking dimes all night long. But the, the, uh, when it comes to so many people, but we're focusing on boys right now, but so many people in general, they're doing what the only thing that they know exists. They're not getting guidance from their parents for various reasons. Uh, often, sometimes they live with their grandparents who are just struggling to be able to take care of them, have no really ability Absolutely. to do much that is uh, true. else. Uh, that's a whole other subject. Then you've mm-hmm. got, you know, that schooling is garbage, right? Like, they're, they're, if there even is any real schooling, if they're even still going to school, sometimes they end up just dropping out. So what are they yep. looking at? They're looking at entertainment and movies, which is the most shit way to learn about life in general. But especially mm-hmm. when gosh here i'll do okay i'll do it so you know jay-z it was fine that jay-z rapped about killing black people and calling them the n-word and calling black women bitches and everything else that was fine uh and then he did the story of oj where he said hey let's start buying up our community like the jews did and they called him a racist and anti-semite and they tried to cancel him and then he went back to rapping about how rich he is and everything and that was fine so it's like you know god forbid that the entertainers actually i i'm i'm now fully ranting um but you know Mm -hmm. and, and and the reason for that is what if the people that they were exposed to were saying, no, 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 this isn't it, guys. Like, let's go and, like, grow our communities. Let's go. Like, the fact that you're focusing so much on the, the economic aspect of it. Why mm-hmm. are you doing this? I don't know any better, and I need money, right? Okay, great. Yep. We're going to teach you something better, and here's how you can make some money and not get shot at, right? Like, this is yep. a good way to be able to do this. I think it's great what you're doing. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I think it's fantastic. In the comments, no one has asked you a question other than, can you please open this in my area? Uh, everyone's just saying how great you are. Let me read. Oh a few yeah, of let these. them let them ask questions. I'm looking at some of the Facebook. Uh, I'm on Facebook comments, and I'd love to see oh, okay. some questions. I mean, but they probably seeing, like, open it it's up literally just so saying I I love you and you're you're good, amazing energy, positive energy. Um, you're uh, you know you they're um, uh, hell yes, you're a great guest. Uh, you're do keep doing great things. You're a wonderful person that your name suits you. Don't anyone let anyone dampen your shine. Like, I mean, it's literally just everyone telling you how, if you ever feel bad, just go back to the comments here and just see all the yeah. things. Everyone's been you now have that yeah. permanently of, of, of all that. Um, so listen, uh, while people are, 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 um, uh, are, you know, asking questions, if anyone has any questions. Uh, so here, here was one, uh, besides what we talked about with the school, has there been any other type of red tape that you've had to run into trying to accomplish the goals that you're setting forward? 
Um, I wouldn't say like none of the normal stuff as far as like getting accredited, um, you know, just uh, getting paperwork done. Most of it's just like normal stuff you got to do. Nothing yeah. too uh, major that's, you know, uh, knocking me out besides this fly right here. But other than that, uh, it's nothing too major right now. We're just uh, working on getting in our facility, um, you know, getting it renovated and things like that. Nothing too major right now, no. Nice, nice, nice. Who was, uh, this is coming from Diane Bond over at uh, Periscope. Uh, who would you say is the one person that influenced you the most growing up? Ooh, probably have to be uh, my stepdad. Well, I had two stepfathers. Um, my first stepdad and my second stepdad, the older guy that stayed behind our house um, and the guy down the street from us uh, growing up. Uh, I'll explain all four of these men and and people always think I'm so special and all this great kid. I just had some men in my life. That was, that's literally it. I'm this regular guy that had men. Um, but all of these guys, you know, uh, influenced me the most growing up. Um, my first stepfather, he taught me, um, he was a very country guy. So as far as me knowing how to garden and, and everything in our backyard, we built, we built all of our sheds. We built all of our dog houses. Um, we even made our own washroom outside. He taught me how to lay do plumbing and electricity uh he taught me how to do roofing we grew all of our own food um, everything we wanted to eat we went and picked outside um you know uh, we even grew our own seasoning like literally we grew everything we grew bananas uh peaches plums uh collard greens carrots tomatoes wow. everything we wanted we grew um and we had all types of animals in the backyard i know how to skin animals i know how to take care of them i had chickens goats dogs uh turtles squirrels raccoons we had everything um so you know he taught me how to ride uh, motorcycles i mean all of that practical stuff i learned you know from him growing up uh the guy down the street from us um uh my old best friend growing up his name was david his dad's name was uh david senior um but he was on drugs but he still taught us how to lay bricks and we went and made mailbox like brick mailboxes with them and things like that um, the older guy um, that stayed behind our house, he's an older gentleman, um, but he used to, you know, have barbecues and he'd allow the boys to come over and cut his grass and he'd teach them how to, you know, uh, work with the lawnmower and equipment. And uh, to this day, um, his name, we call him Deacon Bogan. He was a deacon at the church. Last name is Bogan. Uh, so we always called him Deacon Bogan. And he's always, he was always cutting his grass all the time. Um, even to this day, if I go <laughs> over there right now to my old neighborhood, he's cutting his grass. Like he's, he's never cut not cutting his grass. Uh, so, but yeah, that's what we knew him for. So we'd always go bother him um, and his dogs. But those are the men um, that, that, that taught me growing up. They influenced me the most. It wasn't a rapper. It wasn't a athlete. It was those men I had in my life. And then my, my uh, current stepdad, um, he came into my life when I was uh, 15 years old. Um, and, you know, he's uh, he's a detective in Atlanta. If some people may know him from the first 48 uh, Detective Hardaway, DeKalb County Police. Um, he's a retired uh, detective um, um, with the police department. But he, like, built the business out of me. Like, he's he's the suit-wearing, you know, uh, money-making guy, you know. Yeah. And he taught me, like, business stuff so it's like i have the best of both worlds like i have a business side and i can still go ride a horse you know so it's yeah. it's, it's beautiful um to be able to take care of myself grow my own food work on my house and then go put on a suit you know so yeah. I, all of those men you know in my life just kind of molded me into who i am and it, it took me a while to realize you know how much they influenced me growing up 
until, you know, um, I got older and saw how many children, you know, didn't know how to do all the things I just knew. I thought every kid knew how to do these things. Like they would, all the boys in our neighborhood know how to do these things. You know, some of us, you know, went our different ways and do our different things, but all of us grew up knowing how to do these basic things, you know, around the house, you know, patching up holes and uh, laying sheetrock. I, I can build my own shed. Just go buy me some wood. I can build my own shed from the ground. Like all these things, you know, we did. You know, and, and those are the men that influenced me. So I, it wasn't nobody famous. It was just the men I had in my life. That's awesome, man. So like, that's why you're so well-rounded is you had these different people. You had people that taught you all these different skills and all these different ways to, to be. And that is as why you're a 22-year-old who's done more than I have in my whole life. I thought I was well I, I started a business I when I was 16. Listen, I, <laughs> the I, yeah. You see one of the comments that said, not the neighborhood crackhead edified. I was <laughs> yeah, no. It's, but that's, it, you know, listen, that's it what it was, all, though. He, it, he was it, on crack, but he helped. You know, he, he taught us a lot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen, sometimes yeah. the crackhead knows more than anyone else. Uh, Absolutely. So, no, this is incredible. Another question we got, someone asked if they can, uh, Liberty's Evangelist over on uh, on uh, Periscope asked if they can come work for you. Um, the uh, Whenever I have slots. <laughs> right, what, when you have a business to, to, to do. Yeah, man. No, listen, I, I think you're fantastic, and I, I could spend the next three hours telling you how great you are and everything you're doing. But I, I do, before I let you go, I want to give you a chance. First of all, everyone, when this is over, go to the xforboys.org. Go see how you can help, how you can be a part of this. You know, Follow King Randall on all of his social media, and at New Emerging King on, on Twitter. But King, before I let you go, uh, I just want to give you a chance to have your final word. Anything that you want to say? Say that you felt like we didn't have a chance to talk about any final thing you want to impart to the audience king randall the floor is yours absolutely um well i will say um, most people are always uh looking for their purpose they're always searching for their purpose um just as, as hard as they can but i always tell people to find your work ethic before you find your purpose um and that's something i had to discover um just doing what i do i had to find my work ethic first so if you can't put 110 percent into flipping burgers 110 percent into that job you have to do every day why would god bless you with that purpose and knowing you're not going to put on any work um so i think it's important for you to find your work ethic before you find your purpose and i love to leave off um, with a quote from one of our local hometown hero rappers. His name is Cantrell. He says, obstacles mm-hmm. are optical illusions. They're not really there. Jump high anyway. Jump high just in case. I love it, man. That's fantastic. And and King, you dropped this. This is the corniest <laughs> shit. I've, I, this, this is the, the corniest shit I've ever done on this show. But seriously, if anyone deserved to have a, a crown, <laughs> if anyone deserved to have a crown after all this, it's definitely you, King. Man, you are amazing. I love you. I think you're great. Um, and uh, we actually might get to hang out in uh, in Miami when you're down there for Maj Teres thing. I'm gonna be down there as well. So oh, it's uh, lit. You gonna be there? Oh yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. I know. Yes, I'm gonna sir. be there, man. So uh, anyway, so uh, hey man, thank you so much for your time. Stick around. We're gonna talk during the outro. Uh, but folks, yeah, check out King Randall uh, at New Emerging King on Twitter, um, uh, theXforBoys.org. Are you on any other social media? Like, are there other? Yeah, where else yeah. are you on social media? All of my social media is at New Emerging King. You can type in New Emerging King on Google, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter. All of it is at New Emerging King. Uh, YouTube, you name it, everything is at New Emerging King. I love it. I love it, man. And uh, folks, thanks again for tuning into this episode of uh, My Fellow Americans. Join us tomorrow on Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern for the Writer's Block, uh, where Matt Wright will be talking with... I need to remember who the guests are. Uh, We'll be talking with... Ooh, you forgot. I know. 
This is you no. This happens a lot. Kevin Con. Kev, how could I forget Kevin Con? Kevin Con, uh, who is a congressional candidate in uh, in Ohio and is all new, now doing incredible work for Accountability Now Ohio, who I will actually be with this weekend. Uh, and then on Friday, join us for Cajun and Eskimo from Bayou to Igloo, Friday at 9.30 uh, Eastern. Then this Saturday and Sunday, join me in Columbus, Ohio. I will be at the Libertarian Party of Ohio conference. Uh, and then I will be on Sunday uh, at the Accountability Now Ohio rally and conference. We will be talking uh, about the next steps to uh, ending qualified immunity in Ohio. And then on Tuesday, on Monday, join us for Mr. America, The Bearded Truth uh, with Jason lion uh monday at 8 p.m right here on muddy waters media then on tuesday join me in the morning in montgomery alabama i will be at the rally for justice there in montgomery alabama uh find out all of the different events i'm doing at spikecohen.com and then uh on tuesday join us for uh another episode of the muddy waters of freedom uh where matt wright and i parse through the week's events like the sweet little chipper little little boys that we are and then join us right back here uh, on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, same spike place, same spike time for another amazing episode of My Fellow Americans. Who's my guest going to be? You're not going to believe. It. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but we're going to find <laughs> out. Uh, uh, but hey, folks, thanks again for tuning in to this episode of My Fellow Americans. I am Spike Cohen, and you are the power. God bless, guys.